0: Welcome to Elle's Cottage, a haven of beauty and a celebration of the everyday. Make yourself a cuppa and let's enjoy a moment together. Hello everyone, welcome back to The Cottage. I'm happy you're here with me today. Today we have an episode of Behind the Writing Desk where we talk about my book writing adventures. So we have the most exciting news an author can possibly share. And that is that I am being published. <laughs> I'm going to not squeal in your ears, but I really want to. Oh my gosh, I am over the moon. I can't believe it's happening. But I'm going to have one of my children's books published. It is the very first children's book I've written. And I am so excited, I am going to be published by Lolly Publishing, which is an amazing company run by the two sweetest women ever. And I am so excited to join their team. They have decided to take on my book, The Autumn Woodland Tea Party. And I'm just so honored and thrilled. They are absolutely amazing. And they write kids books with heart and they love to publish inclusive books. So I'm really excited to work with them to get my book ready for publication. And uh, I'm so excited. It's so much fun. And I'm excited that I can finally share the news. (laughs) It's really nice to finally be able to share this exciting news that I've been keeping a secret. So I'm so happy. These people are truly incredible. I love this publishing company, and I cannot wait to join them and be a part of their group. So this past week, we had our first publication meeting, and it went super well. These truly are the sweetest ladies, and they're so encouraging and have so much faith in me. So we have some edits to do for the book and we're going to have a new layout. We're going to have some tweaks and we're going to have a ton of new illustrations. So I actually wrote and illustrated this book and now we've decided that we'd like to double the illustrations so that we can kind of balance out the text to picture ratio for children. So I have a lot of work ahead of me, but it's work that I absolutely love And I'm really excited. We're going to have some more in-depth illustrations, and we're going to be tinkering on reformatting the book as well. So I am so happy we are still finalizing deadlines and release dates, but I will share those when I can. It is so exciting to talk about it, though, because I've been trying to keep this a secret for a while. And I'm so excited that we can share and start preparing and getting everything ready. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes. We're kind of in that plotting and planning mode but we're just on the cusp of diving right into all the work and getting things done as quickly as possible so we can meet our dream release date. So we are going to be working away on that, but I am so excited and so happy to be able to share. I'm so excited to be a part of Lolly Publishing and definitely check them out and the other books that they've published, they are absolutely incredible and very heartwarming as well. I love seeing the inclusivity that they have in their books. That's something that I wove into Autumn Woodland Tea Party. So I'm really excited to see them take this on and make it their own as well. So lots of great exciting things ahead. Still some secrets that I can't quite share, but I'm very excited to share as much as I can and keep you guys up to date. So that is my big news. <laughs> that is, I couldn't wait to save it to the end. So my big news is right up front, but I'm so happy and really looking forward to this and it's just such a dream come true. So really great things. I have also decided that I'm ready to start editing my novella, the novella that I wrote over the summer. So I received the feedback from my gracious beta reader, who is so kind to read through my book and give me editing suggestions and share her thoughts. And so now I'm ready to edit my novella a lot further and I have all these great ideas to use and inspirations and things that I can tweak. So I have to admit, when working on my novella, I did go through a period of time lately where I just felt overwhelmed and discouraged. I felt like I wasn't doing my editing well, and I just got, after the writer's conference and all this amazing feedback and suggestions, I just, I had too much information and I didn't know what to do with it, and I didn't feel adequate in order to actually apply it, which is so sad But I kind of took some time off, decided I would step back, get a refresh, and now I'm starting to feel that excitement trickle back in again that I really want to do this and I want to fight up against those insecurities and prove to myself that I am capable of this. And it's something I really struggle with if I'm honest, but I'm really excited to tackle it and just kind of keep working away and I'm so, so happy that I'm starting to work on it again because I truly truly love writing and I really love this novella so I'm really excited that I'm coming back to it and getting in the groove again and so it's been really really fun I have been starting on all these edits again I stayed up late <laughs> lately and I've been working on it and it just it fills my heart so there's a lot of things that I'm tweaking I didn't have a whole lot of character depth, I think. So I'm really excited to kind of go back in and explore these characters more. I mean, I know them and love them, but I didn't show that as much on the page. So now I'm kind of tinkering with like weaving this into the story and showing like their own insecurities and their own struggles and what they're looking for in life. So it's really, really fun. And I am really, I really hope it's, it feels promising. I really hope it turns out well and it comes across well, but I'm so excited to be working on this and putting this stuff back into the story. So lots of exciting things happening there. That's been really, really nice. And I just love that I'm getting back into the groove with it. So hopefully that will be making some progress. I really do want to tackle it um, in a more... Let's see, dedicated time frame. So right now I'm just kind of playing with it whenever I've got free time. But in the new year, I'm really planning on spending some more dedicated time for it so that I can really chunk through the edits that I want to make. Because I do have an editor waiting to review it. So I don't want to keep her waiting too long. And I'm really excited as well. I don't want to wait that long myself. So lots of really fun, exciting things. Also... This week, I started reading a Regency Romance Christmas book. Now, this is very niche, but I just discovered it, and I just love this brand new style. At least it's brand new to me. It's probably been going on for years and years, and I just have been oblivious to it. But I came across these books, and guys, they're precious. I love Regency Romances anyways. We all know that's my favorite genre. But the fact that they have Christmas versions is just so festive and they're so precious. So I'm really excited and I'm really loving it. I finished All is Merry and Bright by Casey Stockington. And it is such a precious book. I highly recommend it. But it was really, really lovely. And... I just really had so much fun with it, and it's now inspired me to write my own. So this is budding stages. I decided that this would be fun like a few days ago. So I'm just gathering inspiration, and I've been spending my free time split between working on my novella and looking up Christmas book ideas and gathering inspiration, doing copious amounts of research, because I love my research and it is so much fun. I really am fascinated by Regency Christmas traditions because they're so different from ours and yet similar in a lot of ways. But they didn't have Christmas trees, they didn't have Santa Claus, they had very minimal gifting, they had very strange traditions. It's just so different from what we expect of Christmas nowadays. So I've really found it lots of fun to go back and do research and watch shows and listen to podcasts. There's also not a lot of information out there about this, so you kind of have to find it in quirky corners of the internet. And it's really interesting. And now I'm coming across it more and I'm finding like all this information about it. And so I really think it's really interesting and I find it super fascinating. So I had to share. I shared a little bit of this on my Instagram account and I had people asking me to share the traditions. So I thought I'd share a couple of them with you today just because they're so cute. And since I can't share any of my story ideas for it because I don't want to spoil anything, I wanted to share about these fun little traditions. So these are fascinating. I did not realize how superstitious the Georgians were. And by Georgians, I mean people in the Georgian era. Um, I just am shocked at how superstitious these people were. But they have all these quirky little things that they would do for luck and to combat bad luck. And one great experience of this is in the Yule Log. So nowadays, a Yule log is like a roll roll cake, and it looks like a log, but it's pretty much a chocolate cake. Um, Back then, it was actually a log, so they would have this massive log brought in Christmas Eve night, and they would burn it, and it would have to burn the entire 12 days of Christmas or else it was bad luck. So you really wanted a big log for this. So, they would burn this log and they would burn it with a piece of the Yule log from the previous year. Again, this is for good luck. And it could not be touched by a barefooted woman or a flat footed guest, or else it was bad luck. So, fascinating things. If the Yule log did successfully burn all the 12 days of Christmas, Then they would take the ashes and scatter them across the fields for prosperity and fertility in the fields. So it is just so fascinating. All these little weird little things that go around just one single tradition. But so interesting. They also do have the tradition of mistletoe so this is also shocking because you're back in the time frame where people could barely even touch each other without a scandal happening so you can touch each other during a dance but you're gloved so the idea of skin on skin is just shocking and the fact that they would have what they called kissing bows where you could actually kiss each other on the lips was just so scandalous and yet oftentimes was allowed So this is fascinating to me. I find it super interesting. The kissing boughs would be comprised of mistletoe, but also things like holly and ivy and evergreens. And a lot of it had symbolism. So if you were more religious, the holly would stand for Jesus and the crown of thorns and the red berries his blood. And the ivy smooth and smooth and slender was for the Virgin Mary. So, if you were not as religious or preferred to take it a different route, they would have the holly symbolize men because they're a bit more prickly. <laughs> not my own words, guys. This is just what the thing said. Um, and then they had the ivy for women because, again, they're sleek and slender. So, at least in comparison to the men. So, that was this little symbolism behind that. And every time someone stole a kiss underneath the kissing bough, the gentleman would pick a berry and he would pocket it or save it. And as long as there were berries left, they could keep kissing. So you really didn't want this thing to run out of berries. (laughs) So I was watching a documentary and the gentleman that was helping them was joking. He's like, man, the master of the house would be stuffing fistfuls of this stuff in there, (laughs) which I thought was just a cute little phrase. But I think that it's absolutely fascinating these kissing bows were so interesting to me because it truly would have been so scandalous in the day and apparently sometimes it was not allowed upstairs with the gentry it was something done downstairs with the servants so perhaps it wasn't quite as allowed as they like to lead us to think but it was really really interesting also there was twelfth night which is the last day of the 12 days of christmas it's usually about december 6th i think And they would have a huge, It would culminate in a large party or a ball. And there are too many for me to tell you, and I haven't learned them all, but they have all kinds of party games they would do and traditions that revolved around this. There was a very special cake that was served. Um, They had... Like, everyone would take a character, like there was a set amount of characters, and then you would draw cards. And whoever got a specific card had to play that character for the evening. So, really, really interesting. All these random things that we really don't do at all anymore. So, it was just all these fun things that the Regency people did to celebrate Christmas. They did celebrate by giving gifts, but it was not common. Um, Typically, it was more gifts of charity. The day after Christmas is now known as Boxing Day in the UK, and that's because they used to box up food and gifts and kind of a Christmas bonus for all the servants of the manor house or even some of the tenants or all of the tenants, depending on how rich they probably were, and they would give gifts away, and then they would give gifts to the poor, So there was a lot of gift-giving, but it wasn't always like, oh, here's trinkets and toys. So maybe if they were to give gifts to one another in the gentry, it would be stockings or ink pot and quill or something. So it was a bit more practical, but there was still gift-giving. Christmas trees had not yet been popularized in the UK. They were used in Germany. And if you know a little bit more about your history, then you would know that... Prince Albert brought them over from Germany and popularized them in the UK with Queen Victoria. Now, apparently they did have Christmas trees in the palace during the Regency era, but it wasn't public knowledge. So it really didn't become popular yet. So that was there, but it wasn't wasn't quite a thing yet. And as I said, Santa Claus wasn't a big deal. Although St. Nicholas was still honored and revered. St. Nicholas was a Turkish saint. I've actually been to his hometown and seen his church. It's actually really interesting. And he is the patron saint of children. And he was known for giving children gifts and for being generous and kind. So they would have celebrated St. Nicholas and maybe even given gifts on his saint day. But it wasn't like... What we do nowadays, where St. Nicholas is coming down your chimney and giving you huge amounts of presents, Um, it would have been very minimal and quite different. So, I will stop blabbing your ear off about old traditions. I hope you found them fascinating. Obviously, I really enjoy them. I have talked nonstop about them for days to my family. They're probably dying by now, but I find them so interesting and I cannot wait to weave all these interesting things into a book and have them, you know, support a story and have these really fun characters that go along with them. So I'm really excited. I think it'll be really fun. I love, love books. And I feel like this week has just been full of everything bookish, everything from being able to share about being published and having a publication meeting, looking at book illustrations to finally getting back to editing my novella and sinking back into a routine with that. And then, of course, just exploring all the new promise of a new book and new research. So it has been a really fun time. I hope you enjoyed this little sneak peek into my bookish adventures. And I can't wait to share more with you guys as soon as I'm able and as soon as we have some more details to share. So thank you guys so much for joining me behind the writing desk today. Remember that you can always meet me in the cottage on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Elle's Cottage and online at ellescottage.com. If you ever have any questions, suggestions, or things you'd like me to talk about for the podcast, you can email me at shop at gmail.com. All right, guys. Thank you so, so much. I love you all. And remember to always create a beautiful life. Bye. <laughs>